Welcome to Intimacy Architecture with Christy Ann Bella. This call-in radio show is here to help you discover the power of your intimacy. So join us with your questions for Christy Ann and her world-renowned guests, authors, speakers, and doctors. Together, they will help you build a life you love. This is a shame-free space where no topic is taboo. Here is your host, Christy Ann Bella. Hello, greetings everyone. Good evening. I am Christiane Bella and this is Intimacy Architecture Radio. I am thrilled. It is my debut broadcast here on Voice America. So excited to be here with you all. And joining me is my special guest, Sophie Shepard of She Talks Health. And I had the pleasure of being on Sophie's podcast about a month ago. Um, and I've gotten to know her. We, I'm actually in her amazing Empower Her program. So I can't wait to um, dive in with you all and, uh, and learn about our health and our wellness. And, um, and specifically today, we're talking a lot about how we can use food to help balance our hormones. So welcome, Sophie. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's been fun to get to know you over the past month or so and just to have you inside the program and to get to talk about this stuff. I, I love talking about it. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for being here. So this really started your She Talks Health business really came as a result of your own personal journey that you were trying to navigate um, your own health. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about you know your journey and, and that moment when you're like, oh my God, I need to share this with everyone. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of moments, I guess, of my own journey, but there was definitely a moment of wanting to share it with everyone. Just a really quick uh, kind of background on, on the health history that I think people really resonate with, especially women, is I was struggling with GI issues and anxiety since I was a kid. You know, about when I was in high school, it all started. And I was just told that I had IBS or irritable bowel syndrome. And that I basically would have acid reflux for the rest of my life. And that mm -hmm. I would just have to be that person who was uncomfortable. Um, and so that's how I lived all through high school and mm -hmm. all through college. And I kind of just thought that was my lot in life. And it was pretty horrible. I'm um, not going to lie, you know, running to the bathroom because you can't mm -hmm. process food is never fun. And uh, after college, I, I got into a relationship with someone who was, um, you know, very verbally abusive on a daily basis. And the stress of that, plus trying to start my career in theater at the time, I was in theater oh, wow. um, on Broadway, and then having the digestive issues, it just toppled my health. And um, I ended up developing an autoimmune disease that is uh, very common amongst women. It's called Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's autoimmune of the thyroid. And it's basically any autoimmune disease is that your, your own body is attacking a part of yourself, like your own tissue. So in this case, it was attacking my thyroid tissue. And mm. this is a really big problem because it, it, your thyroid controls your whole metabolism. And so it yeah. shut everything down. I mean, I'm talking <sighs> depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, um, you know, obviously going through a lot with the partner that I was with at the time and then digestive issues, my hair was falling out. Um, I was exhausted all the time. It was just not mm. an existence that was, you know, worthwhile. And I was, I was 22. Wow. And I went back to the doctors and I was told basically that I would also have this for the rest of my life. And that mm -hmm. all I could do was take a, a medication. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So it was not a great place to be at 22. No, I know. I mean, cause you think at 22 that, you know, that the world is your oyster and, and to have all of this going on and to not 
feel like you're getting support, right. To just kind of get these, like, well, this is your lot in life, kid, you know, like buck up kind of attitude. Um, I mean, I, I think in general, there's kind of a dismissiveness in the Western medicine world of women, um, that, you know, is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, just, you know, not willing, I think, and this is where I feel like one of your superpowers is with the nutrition is, is seeing that food is your medicine. And I I think Western medicine, their, right. Their answer is like, take a pill. And it's like, well, what is that actually going to do? Um, so you discovered nutrition on your path. I did. Yeah. So that was kind of the next step and you're absolutely right. There's a history and there's definitely statistics around how Western medicine silences women, um, how our pain is considered not as valid, particularly, um, women of color, uh, are, are extremely, um, prejudiced against in this way, um, that, that there's somehow not feeling of pain that, um, and, and women in general, that our pain is in our head, especially when it has anything to do with our menstrual cycle or hormones, you know, it's, well, that's just what it is as a woman, you know, that's just how it's going to be. Um, so that's kind of the, the, um, the gaslighting that I was getting. And I was pretty young to be dealing with all that. And obviously I trusted my doctors and then that really, um, kind of destroyed things for me. So I, with that, with that Western medicine approach, um, for me at the time. Right. right? And so I, I went on my own journey to find something that would work. And I found functional medicine with a heavy emphasis mm-hmm. in nutrition. I basically, um, found a doctor who would sit down and listen to me and, and believe me and was like, you know, this is a gut problem. It's called leaky gut. You probably have some bacterial overgrowth as well. And it's causing a lot of stress in your body and it's making mm-hmm. your thyroid not work well. And you need to address the gut and that will, that will address the thyroid in kind of indirectly, or yeah. actually I would say probably very directly. Yeah. And so I went on this big journey and it was really kind of challenging because it had to do a lot of eliminating of foods at the time. Um, Cause I had like a million food sensitivities. I had to heal my gut and I had to go really deep inward and I think the biggest thing was I had to heal. I had to get my strength physically Mm -hmm. so that I could then also emotionally step away from that abusive partner that I was with at the time. And that was huge um, because I had lost myself completely Mm -hmm. there too. So it was kind of a compounding spiritual, emotional, physical transformation that had to happen. And a lot of it had to do with nutrition, Mm -hmm. lifestyle, stress management technique, just finding myself in that sense. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's so important to see is there's never one cause and there's never one solution. Like everything, you know, it's a very multifaceted tapestry. So, you know, your sickness and feeling kind of weaker and then gravitating to a relationship that was maybe a more low frequency relationship and then having to like recover physically in order to like exit out of that. Um, and I think yeah. sometimes when something is going on with us, we, we tend to fixate on like, well, if I could just get this one thing and it's like, well, there's a lot of pieces and, and sometimes that can be overwhelming, you know? And so I, I get the need to, you know, try to, pinpoint something, but it's, it's all connected. And I think that's the, you know, such an important part, especially when we're talking about period health is that most of us, and I mean, even myself and, and I've been doing health and wellness stuff for a long time, never really made that connection of like my gut health and my period being related. Um, and so that's Mm -hmm. been a huge eye opener for me to see the connection between 
the things that I actually crave when I'm, I'm getting close to, or on my period, you know, these like gluttony, sugary <laughs> things are actually the reason or, you know, contributing anyway to a lot of the, the pain and discomfort and emotional roller coaster that I'm going through. And so I'm, I'm kind of yeah. making my problem worse, which I'm sure you had similar aha moments and thinking like, what, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I give you a lot of credit for going down the journey yourself because it's not an easy one at all. But when you get through the other side of it, you have this strength of yourself and the power of your hormones, your menstrual cycle, your gut, all these things that um, might've been plaguing you for a long time are no longer something that you have to really concern yourself with in, in the sense that you know what to do. Um, to empower yourself and to take back your health. And that's um, a gift that I want every woman to have. Absolutely. And and so you're actually, you clear, I don't know, cure is the right word, but you're like Hashimoto's free. I, I don't know the technical term around this, but um, yeah. you have like recovered. Yeah. So autoimmune disease by definition is something that you can never um, cure as of right now from a Western medical perspective, but from a blood work perspective, we, to measure someone's, uh, antibodies is how we would okay. determine if someone had Hashimoto's and my antibodies are went from the thousands to, um, four. Wow. <laughs> so I, my thyroid is not, my body is not attacking my thyroid right. tissue anymore. Yeah. My thyroid is still a little bit hypothyroid. So a little bit slower mm-hmm. and that can be from the years of damage before mm-hmm. I caught it. Um, and also the thing is though, is that just because I'm in like, whatever you want to call it, remission, or mm-hmm. I'm in a good place today, doesn't mean that I can just throw everything yes. out as soon mm-hmm. as I would start to eat gluten or drink or, you know, do the things mm-hmm. that I know that, um, would cause issues. It puts a lot of strain on my body and I have to be right. extra cautious. Yeah. But yeah. So- I am in, I guess, remission, <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it is, it's a lifelong awareness, you know, um, and, and that in, in, in living with intention, you know, which I'm sure has been a gift to you in a lot of ways that being mindful of what you're eating just creates a mindfulness about, about your whole life, I would imagine. It does. And I think that's the biggest thing that I, I always find fascinating when I work with women is they come to me thinking I'm going to give them a diet right. and that's part of it, right? Mm-hmm. There's certain things that we can do diet wise is a big part of it. But then around week five or six, mm-hmm. maybe seven, eight, they have this massive transformation mm-hmm. where they realize it's so much deeper than that. And they realize that they've been like basically not intuitive or, or, or connecting with their body or their self for such a long time that they don't even know what they need and want. Mm-hmm. And they've suppressed it. And mm-hmm. I think the beauty of learning your menstrual cycle and learning about your health allows for that to come naturally. Yes. Yes. Um, I would love, I mean, there's so many things I, I would love to talk about. Cause I think this is something most people don't know is like, there's four phases in the menstrual cycle. I think most of us, you know, it's like you, you bleed and then, you know, you ovulate and we kind of have a grasp of that, but I don't think most people know that there's like other stages to this that factor in. So I would love if you would um, tell us a little bit more about those stages and how that plays out. Yeah, I love talking about this. It's my favorite thing ever. So you can look at this a lot of different ways. There's the the energetic ways, there's the hormone ways, mm-hmm. and it's all beautifully like tied together. And and so I love teaching women how to access this. And it's a loaded question, but I'll try to <laughs> do my best. So there is a there is four phases um, uh, or four parts, 
and kind of two halves, if you want to Mm -hmm. put it that way. And so you have kind of from day one, which is the first day you actually bleed, like not spot, but actually bleeding. That's day one. Mm -hmm. That's called the bleeding phase, um, or maybe even the menstrual phase, depending on who you talk to. Um, And then what's happening in your body is that your hormones have like completely plummeted. So your Mm -hmm. endometrium lining is, has, is shedding And with that, so is your hormones. Um, So progesterone and estrogen are at their lowest, which is interesting because we associate this time with pain, but in reality, it doesn't have to be very painful if you can get your hormones to get balanced. And it's actually this place of complete receptivity and um, maybe an opportunity for you to be more open um, and to start to think about what went really well in the last month and maybe thinking about what do I want for next month? Yeah. So it's a really beautiful time if we're, mm-hmm. if we are allowed to access it. Right. And then we, we look at, you know, on a hormone perspective, we have this follicle stimulating hormone. Um, something important is that our brain talks to our ovaries and that's oh, how, wow. yeah. So actually if you're on hormonal birth control, that um, conversation has stopped. So it, it flatlines your hormones actually, interestingly. Wow. So um, if you're not on hormonal birth control, yeah. then what should be kind of happening in a, in a quote, normal, I hate right. using that word, but a, in a stereotypical um, monthly mm-hmm. phase is that your brain, your pituitary signals something called follicle stimulating hormone, FSH, mm-hmm. um, to trigger the growth of your follicles. And your follicles are on this like 90 to 100 day train where okay. they, they develop and then they're in this like two week race. And that, that FSH is what stimulates them to basically yeah. grow enough so that when estrogen is rising, estrogen is rising, mm-hmm. it will kick the luteinizing hormone and that will make you ovulate. I always think of it as like a football player, like right. kicking off like yeah. this egg out of the, out of the sack. Mm-hmm. And this is when women feel the most um, energetic. Mm-hmm. They can work out harder. They want to have sex because <laughs> the right. body is so beautiful and designed in this way um, to make you procreate, right? Every right. month, your your body is actually trying to get you pregnant. And then you, from that sac where the egg has come out mm-hmm. of, creates the corpus luteum, which is a temporary hormone gland that okay. produces the hormone progesterone, mm-hmm. which, is nester- which is necessary for the first part of if you got pregnant. And mm-hmm. what this does, it kind of it allows to go inward. So we've been kind of extroverted while the estrogen's yep. rising, and now we're going to go inward with the progesterone. And a lot of women who don't understand this think that they are going to continue at the same rate that they were at the mm-hmm. week prior, because that's how our society has been set up in a patriarchal 24-hour yeah. cycle. And that is not how women's bodies are set up. So if we can be in the allowing and the accepting of this mm-hmm. place, it's actually a beautiful authority um, of who you are. Um, what you want to get done, kind of completing things, and then moving into that bleeding phase again, where you're in the releasing and you're in the accepting of, you know, what is. And so it's, it's a really beautiful journey we get to go on every month. If we lean into it, if we don't lean into it, it can be hell. (laughs) So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, I was taught that it was the curse. Like that was like, you know, it was like, oh, you've got the curse. And I was like, this sounds 
awful. Like what a terrible way to like teach people about this. So I love that there's um, people like you that are out there that are like, no, this is like a gift and like you can tap into it. And there's like superpowers that lie here. So um, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we are about ready to take our first uh, break here and um, we will come back from our break. If there's any callers out there, um, we would love to hear from you. You can also email your questions to intimacyarchitect at gmail.com as well if you uh, are not feeling uh, daring enough to get on the phone. Um, We would love to hear your questions uh, for myself or Sophie, and we will be back with you in just a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The holidays are just around the corner. Do you want to go through another round of fighting and avoiding your family? Or are you ready to build the life you love? Intimacy Architecture is here to help with our Relationship Reset Program, which combines individual and partner sessions. Learn communication techniques, self-awareness, and shift your approach to connection so you can restore trust and enjoy healthy relationships with those close to you. Visit IntimacyArchitect.com to enroll. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Intimacy Architecture. We want to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. You know there's a question you have or something on your mind. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? That's okay. Send an email to intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christiane might be answering you on an upcoming show. Now back to Intimacy Architecture. Welcome back, everyone. I am Christiane Bella, and this is Intimacy Architecture Radio. Our guest this evening is Sophie Shepard of She Talks Health, and you can find more on Sophie's work at shetalkshealth.com as well as on the IG Instagram at She Talks Health. Um, I love all the information you give away, by the way, too. I was reading your blog earlier about sugar. And it's a fact. And, um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, I'm like, Oh, it's like the, whatever that thing is in the matrix, when you swallow the the red pillars and and like, I'm like, Oh, I can't know this now. Like, damn. Um, because that's so good. That is how I live most of my life. I'm like, dang it. Stop learning new information. Sophie. (laughs) Because yeah, sugar has definitely been my biggest, uh, addiction. I mean, I really, I really realize now that I'm like making an effort to not eat sugar what an addiction (laughs) genuinely is. Um, and you know, you had mentioned earlier about like the emotional path that comes with doing this work. And and that's been eye opening too, to see like how emotionally connected I am to this like reward system of sugar. Um, but I, I, you know, it was really mind blowing to realize that it affected my hormones. I mean, I knew like, Oh, well, sugar's not good for you and diabetes and like, you know, um, weight gain or whatever, but I never put those two together that my hormones were somehow being affected. So how did you discover that? And and how can you 
what can you help us with out there that are listening that are like having the same like oh crap moment about that connection about the sugar hormone connection yeah um I guess the way that I learned about it was through was actually through gluten um because oh. gluten um well you know is a, is a is a protein that's found in a lot of breads and things like this mm-hmm. and what I found was that um when I remove and, and, and to connect it to sugar, it can, if, if you're eating a lot of bread, it, it breaks down as sugar. Okay. Right. So I think sometimes we realize that sometimes we don't, it's kind of mm-hmm. funny, like, you know, a piece of bread is probably equal to like a Snickers bar or whatever the conversion mm-hmm. rate, there's, it's a lot of sugar. Yeah. And, and what really comes down to is like how your individual body processes that sugar mm-hmm. and like how quickly it does it and how, what's the hormonal cascade and all the other things that are going on. And, um, for me, what it, what I realized was when I ate gluten, it was a sugar thing, but it was also a gluten thing, but it, I fell asleep. I mean, I just, my energy mm. just fell off of a cliff. And so mm. that was the first step. And then I was mm. like, okay, well, that's just like a food sensitivity. Mm-hmm. All right. So like moving on. And what I realized was that if I didn't have a balanced plate of food, mm. um, meaning I didn't have like protein and fat, and I had mostly processed carbohydrates, mm. I would have that same feeling of just kind of falling off of the blood, mm-hmm. what I call, you know, what a lot of us call the blood sugar roller coaster, right. which is basically when you have too many refined carbohydrates or too much processed sugar and you like go shooting up with glucose yeah. and your pancreas works really, really hard to release insulin, which is a hormone. Mm-hmm. And insulin's whole job is basically to be like, Hey, glucose, like let's, I'm going to tag onto you and I'm going to like go and knock on this every cell's door and drop you in there. And that's going to be your home. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is that it happens so fast when we have a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. And so we get reactive hypoglycemic and that's that hangry feeling that all of us have, especially women, I think, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially like in that PMS week, right? Right. We're like craving carbs and Mm -hmm. whatever. And actually we do need more carbs in that week before our period, but where women go wrong is that they don't set themselves up. They think I can just Mm -hmm. eat that same salad that I had last week when estrogen was high, which actually there's science about this. And, um, and they don't realize that they need more complex carbohydrates in Mm -hmm. the second half of their cycle. So then they get themselves into a situation where they're, they're hungry and they don't have at home, like say a sweet potato or some brown rice or uh, even a white potato potentially, depending on the person. And then they go, I need the Snickers bar and their blood sugar goes up, their insulin goes up. And they're in the roller coaster and they Mm. can't get out of it. And it causes this massive stress on the body. And in some extreme cases, it causes you to not ovulate properly. Mm -hmm. Like in the case of some uh, women who are dealing with PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, And you can even have the effects of PCOS without having actually having PCOS because of just because of blood sugar. So it causes all sorts of period issues. It also causes massive inflammation and inflammation causes a lot of period pain. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very much intimately connected to your hormones. I call insulin the tier one, um, a tier one hormone disruptor, meaning that if you don't get your stress and your, and your insulin, like your sugar and your stress handled, mm. nothing else right. will matter when it comes to your period. Yeah. No, so. I, it makes so much sense. Like when you think about <laughs> it and because yeah, the inflammation, like being a big, big factor of it, um, But yeah, again, like one of those things that, you know, when I was taught about the curse that, you know, uh, I mean, I'm so glad I don't see my period as that anymore, but, um, that was like sort of the, the buffer, I guess that my mom gave me was like, oh, but you'll, you know, it'll be fine. And you'll just eat ice cream and you'll (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what we're taught, right? right. Like that, yeah, it's a horrible thing. And mm-hmm. the only way to get through it is by binging on sugar, which mm-hmm. actually just makes it way worse for you. Um, but how would you know that unless you tried something different? Right. So um, so you obviously, then you tried something different and you found that, you know, you could tap into this like superpower of your hormones. And, and like you were saying, like, you know, okay, now I'm in the, the ovulating place where my estrogen's good. And I can be really productive versus mm-hmm. like knowing when to go inward. Um, and so how does that like w- using food with that, um, like you were saying, you know, during the estrogen time, maybe you're eating more salads, but then you need to carb, but like healthy carbs. So what is the way you kind of weave, those together to, to create that, um, kind of making the most of where you are in your cycle with food. Yeah. I'll try to make it really easy by going by the season and Mm -hmm. going by what I'll call like diet trends, which I'm not really a big believer in, in being like calling yourself one thing or the other, but it's fascinating that the human, that the female body changes so much in the month that you actually do need kind of different things in each week, Mm -hmm. or you could even make it simpler and just go, before ovulation and after ovulation. Okay. okay. So the first half of your cycle, which is called the half is called the follicular phase. Mm-hmm. It's split up between your menstrual, your bleeding phase mm-hmm. and the second part of your follicular phase before you ovulate. This is when estrogen is rising. Mm-hmm. And the key here is going to be lowering inflammation so that you have a really beautiful ovulation experience and also a peaceful period. If you think about it from an inflammation perspective as well, your brain is trying to communicate with your ovaries. And if there's inflammation Mm. that can disrupt the process. So nutrient density is always helpful, no matter Mm. what day of your cycle you're in. But particularly if you're talking about, let's start with like phase one or the bleeding phase, I always Mm -hmm. call this, and a lot of people call this, if you, if you read any like period literacy books, Mm -hmm. um, this is like the winter phase right? Mm -hmm. Because your hormones are at their lowest and they're, they're, you're shedding. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like the perfect time to go inward, right? Like thinking about like curling up with a book or whatever. So from a food perspective, you need to think about replacing the nutrients that you're losing. You're bleeding. You are bleeding, right? So iron B12, Mm -hmm. zinc. So when we think about that from a, like a nutrient, I'm just speaking right off the cuff, like what are the easiest ways for the human body to assimilate that? We're talking mm-hmm. about grass-fed red meat, wild-caught salmon, sardines, um, bone broth, yeah. seaweeds, mushrooms. Those are all like thinking soups and stews. So mm-hmm. I always think of this as more of like a keto or paleo time, if that okay. helps people. Right. Um, and also just making sure I hydrate with warm beverages because mm-hmm. cold beverages really make cramps a lot worse. Yeah. And inflammation too, like cold beverages was one of the first things I gave up when I started just like paying more attention to my body. And I was like, wow, this makes a huge difference in my digestion and my energy levels. Like, you know, why people put ice in things. I don't know. I don't know. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) So yeah, you want to keep your blood sugar really stable during this time. Seafood, really helpful, right? We need all these missing things and warming your body is helpful for sure. So I love that you're already doing that. Um, and then, you know, just, I, so that's, I would, that's enough, I think for the, for, for the first phase, yes. the second phase is like the spring, right? What comes okay. after winter? It's spring. Right. All right. And that makes a lot of sense because your estrogen, like I said, and your FSH is, is rising. Okay. So it's like a renewal process. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're getting closer to summer. What's happening in yeah. summer with food or with spring and food is where things are fresher, right? We yeah. want vibrancy. So we want to feel more energized. Our, our energy is more vibrant at this time anyway. So we're thinking 
pressed salads, like I mentioned, or mm-hmm. lots of vegetables, string beans, zucchinis, carrots, like whatever feels really good. Maybe some lighter fishes or chicken mm-hmm. or something, as opposed to like a dense red, red mm-hmm. meat. You, you also might feel like this is like the time where you could be more successful with like an intermittent fast or mm-hmm. calorie restriction. Like I'm, I'm in the spring phase right now and on the path to ovulation. And I just noticed that I just need less food. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's a little bit different. These are general yeah. ideas. Then around, you know, the path, right. Kind of, if you think about ovulation as like the height of all of this, it's like your summer phase. Mm-hmm. So like, I always, I kind of think about that. It's just such a short amount of time. It's mm-hmm. only three to four days. And I always like to simplify things for women. So I kind of go to the, to like right after ovulation on the pathway back into bleeding is when progesterone is, is higher. And I always want to focus on detox during mm-hmm. that because a lot of women are dealing with like heavy menstrual cycles or PMS mm-hmm. or acne or painful periods. And, um, and usually that's a, a hormonal imbalance where the estrogen is kind of still there in that second okay. half. And we want progesterone to kind of be in the driver's seat. Mm. So one of the, one of the ways we can do this is by, um, actually helping our body's natural detoxification organs, like the liver and kidneys and gallbladder and skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a food perspective, um, I always think about things like, um, cruciferous vegetables and carrots, which are really good at eliminating extra estrogen. Mm. So that's something I'll do. Or if you just think about anything that like, when you think detox, right. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, um, about like chlorophyll and mm-hmm. like algaes and things like that. Or maybe mm-hmm. I'm going to like, not really nutrition, but maybe I'm going to go more to like a sauna mm-hmm. or I'm going to want to sweat more. Right. Like I really want to be detoxing. Um, and then in the, in the last one, um, the week right before your cycle, it's kind of similar because that's really when we want to make sure that we're, um, detoxing still, Mm -hmm. but I also like to, I always like to kind of, um, make sure I have enough food because I'm like, I will get hangry if I do not have enough food. So this Mm -hmm. is that time where if you put a salad in front of me, I'd be like, get that away from me. That's not enough food. So I'm thinking more higher protein, higher fat, um, maybe a little bit lower carb, but roasted vegetables, right? Like it's the fall. If you're going to think about it seasonally. So roasted vegetables are awesome, but I might prep things like energy ball bites or turkey Mm -hmm. avocado wraps, things like that, that I can just give myself a little bit more nutrients than I needed maybe a week or two prior. Um, um, and so I, I always think about that and I often will like curl up with some like dandelion tea or like the everyday Mm. detox teas from Yogi, um, Mm. things like that, that just really help to kind of move things down, um, move, move things out and start to slow, slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. and not be as extroverted during that time. So that's kind of how I look at it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that. I think this is such an important piece is, is knowing when to, and give yourself permission to relax that, you know, I I feel like that's another pressure we put on ourselves and perhaps society contributes to is this like having to go nonstop and be at this like 110%. um, And there's, there's definitely an inward time. And I feel like nature gives us those cues. And if we're willing to like, listen to it, um, our bodies, you know, we work with our bodies instead of against them. Um, I had a boss 
in my twenties that like, actually I I'll never forget this. She had like a huge fit. Cause I like tried to call off work on my period one day. And she's like, you're moving the, you know, do you know the feminists fought for your right to even be here? And you're going to like call in. And I was like, wow, you're taking this really like poorly, you know, like, I just, I really don't feel good. I'm not supposed to be <laughs> working right now. And it took me years, you know, until I found like my, my hippie friends that were all like red tent and all this stuff that I was like, Oh, I was onto something. I was right. Like she was crazy. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up because, Oh, this is like my, like, ooh. it's like, can we please redefine the word feminist for a, mm-hmm. for a hot second to right. be like, why are we all trying as women to fit into a male patriarchal 24 mm-hmm. hour system? That's not how our bodies work. Mm-hmm. And if we want to truly use our bodies and use our hormones as superpowers, then we can stop trying to fit ourselves into a box that was created by men for men. And I'm not saying that because I hate men. I have a partner. I have a dad. I love men. It's just the way it is. And we think that if we're not always in the masculine of the going and the doing, that there's something wrong with that. And I struggle with this so much as a business owner where I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, I always have to go. I always have to do. But in reality, I'm fighting against myself because that's actually not what my body is wanting. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be so much more incredible if we could actually lean into the phases mm-hmm. and work from that perspective? And so that's something that I will often try to educate in it and help women enhance inside of my practice, it's not always possible, I think, you know, um, but certainly if you can, uh, there's definitely nuance there and ways you can get in touch Mm. with yourself to learn more about that. And I actually, I was just reading this part of this book. I'm trying to find it because I wanted to read a quote from it because of what you just said. Mm. I don't know if I, yeah, but it's basically just what saying what, what we're, what we were saying is that there's basically this moment at ovulation where you go from extroversion into the cycle process reverses. And, and in this book, it's called wild power. Mm. It's so great. It's talking about this part of the cycle, the menstrual cycle. And she says, um, the contraction drawing in begins the energy retreating and your access, your attention shifts onto you once Mm. again. Yes. Right. And we don't want the attention to be on ourselves. We, you Mm -hmm. know, I think a lot of us don't want to go there. And so if you are unaware, Mm -hmm. she says, if you're unaware of and unable to accommodate this shift, then your reaction is probably going to be more of irritability and anger, right? right? Which correlates with PMS week, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we're, we've ovulated, we're on the track to men, so this mm-hmm. is the bleeding part part of our cycle, but we're still going, we're still doing, but our hormones don't want us to. So we're yeah. like, we react with like, mm-hmm. oh man, like I, I don't, I'm not getting what I want. Mm-hmm. And we take it out on ourselves by eating a pint of ice cream mm-hmm. and screaming at our partner. Right. Yeah. Instead of honoring, honoring like, okay, now's the time to like slow down a little bit and maybe take that nap after work or, you know, rest and, and, you know, what, whatever that looks like for you, whatever, you know, restorative, um, inward feeding energy that you need. So yeah. Oh my God. I love that. And I'm, I'm definitely going to read that book. That sounds fantastic. It's such a good book. It's it's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love this stuff. I totally geek out about it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's so important because it is 
so glossed over, you know, it's like the only thing I learned about my period was like, it'll come. Um, and you know, to just like carry a a tampon or whatever with you just in case. Um, and that was it. And like, take some mitol. I mean, no one had this conversation with me and, um, I loved on your, you know, I don't know if it was on your website or just in notes as we were emailing back and forth, but to know your body and that it's not your, how your mom menstruated or your grandma, or your sister, or your, you know, it's what's happening for you. Um, because everybody does process differently. And so it's really like taking the time to be like, okay, well, what is my relationship with what's happening to me? Um, and, and yeah, and how am I being compassionate around that and, and really taking time to, to know, because I think we see it everywhere in nature. I mean, it's fall right now, you know, the leaves are falling, like every other part of nature knows, like there's a cycle, there's an inward and an outward and, and they trust it and it just happens. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, in, in a capitalist quest of of the patriarchy we're like no everyone has to be on all the time and it's like yeah that's not what we're designed for yeah Uh, yeah and when I honor that I mean I get so much done in those times when it's time to get things done and and so that it doesn't actually affect the time when it's my resting time because that's my you know like I I've really learned to like harness that um and every time I go against that because I'm going against all of mm -hmm. nature it's so much harder. And my mm-hmm. designer, my designer, Sammy, she's so funny. She'll know, she knows. I'm like, I can't write today. She's like, you're about to get your period, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, why are you trying to write today? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you know, you, it's almost, I have to have those mirrors too sometimes mm-hmm. because you, you forget and you were like, or you don't even forget, but you're like trying to um, think that you are strong enough to like go against all of nature and mm-hmm. hormones. Like it just doesn't, it's so funny. We're so egocentric, I feel like in that way. So yeah, I, I, I love the leaning into it part. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are about to gear up for another break here, but we will be back shortly with more about your hormone health with Sophie Shepard of She Talks Health. I'm Christiane Bella, and thank you so much for being here with us. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The holidays are just around the corner. Do you want to go through another round of fighting and avoiding your family? Or are you ready to build the life you love? Intimacy Architecture is here to help with our Relationship Reset Program, which combines individual and partner sessions. Learn communication techniques, self-awareness, and shift your approach to connection so you can restore trust and enjoy healthy relationships with those close to you. Visit IntimacyArchitect.com to enroll. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening. 
listening to Intimacy Architecture. We want to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. You know there's a question you have or something on your mind. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? That's okay. Send an email to intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christiane might be answering you on an upcoming show. Now back to Intimacy Architecture. Hello and welcome back, everyone. This is our final segment here of our show, our debut show. I'm so excited. Um, so exciting. I've, yes, I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, um, we've we covered so much about nutrition and um, the cycle process. I would love to dive in a little bit about, you know, there are these moments when we, like you said, you know, we're ovulating. So, our body really is like, it's like deeply ingrained to be like, okay, have sex, procreate. Um, and there are other times when we kind of go inward. And so what are some ways to kind of maybe understand a little bit more about how to navigate that with your partner in those moments when it's like, okay, I am more open to be intimate and connect sensually. Um, and maybe some ways to, to be mindful of the snapping and, and, and ways we can maybe catch ourselves in those, those like yellow flag moments before we go into that place where we, uh, yeah. Yeah. So important. This has been life-changing for me and my partner. I mean, Mm -hmm. he just really knows where I'm at and (laughs) it's really helpful. And I think it's, it goes even beyond the conversational goes into the sex part as well. You know, it goes Mm -hmm. into the, that part of the intimacy, which I know you're an expert in the intimacy world. Um, so I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. What I've observed in my own relationship and in most women's relationship around this is in the bleeding phase, it's usually a place where I like to create enough space for myself. So for me, that looks like taking long Epsom salt baths, doing Mm -hmm. castor oil packs, spending a quiet night reading, and really leaning into the shedding and the trusting and the intuition of my inner light and allowing for the world to almost stop, um, especially on that first day of bleeding for me. And my partner gets that. And I I just share... My, you know, I'm, my period started, I'm bleeding. Um, I'm gonna, you know, go get a heating pad on and some castor oil or go into the bath or read tonight. And I'm not gonna, you know, engage in a social activity with you and your family or wherever we are in the world, what's ever going on. I just am not in the mood for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, so that's, that's pretty much as, as simple as it gets. And I'm just very clear about that boundary. And then as I go into more of that spring phase, that path to ovulation phase, you know, my energy is starting to get renewed. And so I'm going to be more optimistic. Generally, I'm not going to be very upset about things to be completely honest. It's usually a really beautiful time in the cycle as that estrogen is, is rising. And so from a, yeah, from like a, um, self-care perspective, I I like to schedule during that spring and slash summer ovulation, ovulation, I love to schedule a hot date with my partner. Like, you know, we went on a hot date together last night. Um, And, you know, or if you're not dating anyone, maybe that's the time you go out um, with your girlfriend or you you plan a fun night out. You're more adventurous in Mm -hmm. in a a sense. Um, You know, we went for this great hike today that felt really aligned, you know, someplace new, kind of new and fresh um, Mm -hmm. in that sense. And so, you know, he kind of also picks up on that, I think, intuitively. And mm-hmm. um, that's also, of course, the time where you want to be at more careful um, with, with right. uh, sex. You want to make sure you're protecting mm-hmm. yourself from pregnancy because uh, ovulation is, is the time when you would be 
that it would be possible for you to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm just kind of clear. I'm kind of clear about that too. I mean, he knows what I do for a living. So, you know, right. he kind of knows where I am in the cycle. Yeah. Um, but you could say it as simply as, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm taking you on a hot date tonight or let's go out or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just kind of be there. And I think that's in that place of really being extroverted, you know, mm-hmm. even in, in not a sexual relationship or a partnership and even just your friendships or your work relationships. Like maybe that's when you, you plan to go out with a lot of friends that week or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just kind Absolutely. of, you have more energy. Yeah. So it's just, that's the time to plan all that going mm-hmm. and doing. And then as I, after I ovulate, I'm still, I, I tend to, and I think most women tend to still be pretty energetic. And what's really interesting is the fall phase after ovulation, when progesterone takes over, it's like the stability phase. It's mm-hmm. like, if you think about the winter phase being like this shedding and the spring phase being this planning and the summer of ovulation, summer slash spring being the like the planning and the doing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you move into fall. It's like, all right, I'm in my mm-hmm. rhythm. Like I have a, this authority about me. So this is when things are maybe more stable. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm still indulging in, you know, in dates and things, but it doesn't feel as like urgent or as fiery. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's something to just kind of observe. I've, I've noticed about myself. Um, so I'm still hanging with friends. I'm still extroverted and all those things. It just might be more, a little bit more inner. It might start yeah. to turn a little bit, just like the, the turning of the leaves, right? Kind of brings this, this calm stability to, to our, to how we feel. Right. Um, and then, yeah. And then right before, you know, the bleeding begins again, that's really that you're, I think that's when I'm the most sensitive, the Mm -hmm. most open, um, to, uh, my emotions, the deeper, the deepest that I go, Mm -hmm. if I'm not, if I've had a particularly stressful month, um, or I've been not taking care of myself, it could be Mm -hmm. a really emotionally, um, challenging time, you know, that, that typical, oh, you're going to get PMS every, every month. I think that there's some truth to that. I think that just hormonally, we are literally in a place of, of more, I guess we just are allowed to go. We allow ourselves to go deeper and to feel Mm -hmm. more. And, and sometimes that comes with tears, you know? Mm -hmm. So I usually allow myself to have a good cry in that week. And it's usually about something that takes me completely by surprise. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I crying about this? And mm-hmm. I try to just not let it, let yeah. it be a judge, judging mm-hmm. place. And from a relationship perspective, my partner really has gotten used to these rhythms. So he knows. And mm-hmm. um, he just knows that this isn't necessarily a time where I want him to walk up to me and rip my clothes off, right? Like, right. I'm just like, that's not, <laughs> it's almost like I want to cuddle on the couch mm-hmm. and maybe we can have sex, but it's going to be more, um, it's just going to be a different experience. It's not going to be like a hot and heavy, you know what I mean? That's not really what I'm craving or what I'm desiring. Um, and so I think if you can, and you have the ability to be open like that with your partner and he's down for, or he or she is down for, um, or who, like, sorry, whatever they, they, them, right. They, whatever. Yeah. Them, all, all of the, mm-hmm. all, you know, wherever you are, all inclusive. With, all yeah. inclusive, but it, but I think it's about making sure that you know where you are in your own rhythm. If you are identifying as female and you're cycling with these hormones, mm-hmm. 
that you um, know where you are in your cycle and you can kind of let your partner know that whether it be through direct conversation or just through kind of general rhythm rhythm awareness um, and, and the changing of your moods and allowing that it's okay that you want and desire different things and creating those boundaries for yourself. Absolutely. I think, you know, every great relationship starts with a good relationship with yourself first and foremost. And so the more you know about where you are and how you're adjust and shift, um, the easier it is to communicate that. And communication is like the cornerstone of having a great intimate life with, with anyone. Um, so yeah, so it's so, yeah, so important to be able to like have these conversations and, um, and I think it's really good for men. I mean, anyone in general, but, you know, for those who are in, in a more like heterotypical relationship to have these conversations with men that, that men are not like, Ooh, and like, you know, it's like, no, like have this conversation and, and be able to hold space for your partner to, to understand like, Oh, okay. You know, this is like, where things are shifting and, and you can kind of prepare yourself to be like, Oh, all right. Well, right now I know, you know, if I'm in need of more attention or affection, that's not happening. So I need to maybe like prepare to like do some other, like, you know, stuff to kind of burn off my excess energy because like, or maybe our cycles aren't, you know, aligned. Um, yes, that's so key, yeah. right? Like if you're in that estrogenic phase of like high ovulation and your partner's in a stressful work situation, for example, mm-hmm. he might not be feeling like wanting to have, I mean, that caused so much friction in my life before, mm-hmm. but I just have to basically recognize that and do whatever I need to do to get that energy out in whatever way feels, feels mm-hmm. good and natural for me. Right. And I think that taking that ownership of that is really important. And the same goes for the later phases where you might be like compromising to him. Maybe that's not what you or him or her, are they like what you may not want to be doing that. Like that might not be where you're at. Um, you know, so I think that, um, being clear about that and and obviously there's always compromise within a relationship, but, um, just being like clear on where you are and making sure you feel like your needs are met by yourself, I think really helps. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, something I see a lot of moms do is like they'll, um, not ask for help during that, that last Mm-mm. phase right before they bleed. And, uh, and it's like, well, that's when, you know, maybe you get a babysitter yeah. that night, yeah. or maybe you ask your partner to like help you take care of the kids mm-hmm. that night or something like that. Um, that's obviously more in a more heterosexual, um, relationship setting that I've seen with some of my female, um, uh, clients who are primarily moms, but they deal with, deal with that a lot. Yeah. And it's like, it's, um, you know, you can't just constantly be like the caregiver. You can't constantly be the, the, the go and the doing person either. You know, you need, there needs to be a little bit more nuance in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think definitely honoring the, the ebb and the flow and just really giving yourself that breathing room um, and asking for help. I mean, I think it's something that women in general struggle with again, because, you know, this idea that we're like, we're supposed to be able to like do it all and take it all on. Um, yeah, to be we're in a place to, yeah. of doing it all, right? We're in this, yeah, we're trying to wear all the hats and, and we mm-hmm. should be able to, but it just, I think it just looks differently than the way we've been brought up to think mm-hmm. it should be. 
Yeah. And I'm a big advocate of something I teach um, people I work is, you know, pass on purpose. You know, like when you pass something on and you delegate, you give somebody else a chance to step up and feel purposeful and feel helpful. And it's a learning experience for them. It's a growing experience for them. So when we try to do everything ourselves, we're actually kind of shortchanging the people around us from having the opportunity to step up and be like, oh yeah, like I'm empowered. I can do this. Like, you know, um, and so I think some of it comes from wanting to be the person's like, oh, they couldn't do it without me. Um, and so I think some of it is, is like the ego letting go of the need to feel wanted and needed, um, and be willing to like pass that on and delegate stuff and say like, yeah, actually it's okay. You can do it without me and you're doing a great job. And that doesn't like, you know, lessen my value or my worth. Mm, Yeah. So, so beautiful, beautifully said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, my partner and I have great conversations now. And so I know when I'm getting near to the ovulation stage, I'm kind of like, I'm like, Hey, heads up. I'm going to be ovulating soon. I get super clingy and I'm like, I want all the attention and the affection, you know? And, and so I prepare myself if if his head space isn't in that, in that alignment, but I kind of like pre said it. I'm like, Hey, we're getting close. Like, you know, be, be ready <laughs> for, for where I am. And that's great know. because when you get there and it's not, if it's not reciprocated, you don't feel as much rejection and you mm-hmm. don't feel as crazy. And I think that's like huge for us women to yeah. not feel like we're going insane because we're dealing with these huge shifts in our hormones mm-hmm. throughout the entire month. And so we're going to want and need yeah. different things. And um, when we don't get them, we think that there's something wrong with us. And that's mm-hmm. something that I really want to scream from the rooftops is not, it's yes. not true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like wherever you are in your process is like, it's a beautiful place to be in and, and learning to embrace it and accept it, um, I think is part of, of relieving that stress, you know, of, of like, it's supposed to look some certain way. It's just like, no, like there's nothing wrong with you. And, and yeah. And that, you know, you're not, you're not crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're getting close to close. So, um, yes, let's finish. Um, what, uh, what would be like the one thing that you, you just like take, take this away with you if you're listening, spend the time getting to know who you are and what you want, and then put that out in the world. When you create the boundary and you figure out what you need and what you want, other people will fall in line. I love that. That's so beautiful. Oh my God. Yes. It's like, not only like be the change you want to be, but like the being that change creates a path that, that other people can like the ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. <laughs> um, well, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk with you. Um, so everyone listening that says been, uh, Sophie Shepard of She Talks Health, and you can find her at shetalkshealth.com. Um, absolutely so grateful for you to be here and be the first guest. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. And I, yeah, if you guys need anything, I'm over at She Talks Health and my Instagram, you can find me there and I'm happy to answer any questions you guys have. Thanks. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great night. Thank you for tuning in and being part of Intimacy Architecture. Join Christiane Bella for the next show. We're live every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go enjoy the weekend.